You're listening to Boss Tone Radio. Presented by BossUS.com. Hi, my name is Paul Hansen. You are listening to the 15th edition of Boss Tone Radio. Today on the line we have a really well-known guitarist. His name is Dave Navarro. Dave has made a name for himself actually as being a personality, but first and foremost, he's a really good guitarist who is a master of textures and tone. Anyway, before we get him on, here's an excerpt from his song, Hungry, from Dave's solo album on Capitol Records. The album's called Trust No One. By the way, Dave's singing here, so here's Hungry. I can't afford another Needle and tinfoil I never thought that I'd be done So, Dave, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, and I just want to let folks know that Dave is going about his normal, everyday chores, right, around the house? Right now, I'm in my home in Hollywood, but throughout the course of this conversation, I might be getting in the car, driving down the street. You never know. There you go. The beautiful thing with modern technology is that, you know, it used to require a studio and, and uh, you know, a reel-to-reel tape machine. <laughs> all now all it takes is a computer and a cell phone. Computer and a cell phone. The tune that we heard at the top is very cool. You've got the acoustic guitar going during the verses with the slide, then those huge guitars on the choruses. How do you get that sound? Um, well, for the acoustic parts, you play acoustic guitar. <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, something unique that I did in the studio. You know, it's just, you know, I only do that in the studio. It's some of my unique mm-hmm. studio tricks. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, what it sounds like is what it is, you know. I mean, uh-huh. the, you know, a lot of songs have that quiet, loud, quiet verse, loud chorus uh, yeah. formula to them. And I, know, I just kind of wanted to create a different texture with the quiet verses. So uh, the song was actually written on acoustic guitar. Uh-huh. So. Did you use an open tuning for the acoustic guitar? I, I kept the acoustic in the verses, and that was an open D tune. Uh-huh. And when the choruses kicked in, I just uh, I just layered a bunch of different guitar sounds with different amp sounds, and just I wanted to create a wall of sound there. You know? Man. Probably more than anything than to uh, to mask my voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like your voice. Your voice is great. Thank you. So you're a pretty busy guy. What's up right now? What kind of stuff are you doing? What kinds of stuff? Well, I'm uh, I'm playing in my band Camp Freddy, which is a the cover band that consists of myself, Billy Morrison, Donovan Leach, Matt Sorum, and Chris Cheney. Oh wow! Uh, 
of a, a revolving door of uh, musicians that play with us. Everyone from Lemmy, Ron Wood, Perry's joined us. Wow. Morello. Actually, if you go to myspace.com slash Camp Freddy, Camp uh, there's an actual list of everybody who's jammed with us, and it's it's gotten pretty extensive over the past five years. It's been a, a real fun experience because these are all songs that we know and love and just love to jam out on. And who better to do it with than like some of your favorite artists? Let's go back in time, back to when you guys formed Jane's Addiction. I guess it was with Eric Avery and Perry Farrell, and you're in L.A. How did you put that band together? Oh, wow. <laughs> Ultimately, we were all just friends. You know, that's 86. You know, you're talking about a long time ago. Right. How does any band get together? You know, you just know yeah. guys and... One guy knows another and recommends this drummer, and the drummer says, how about that guitar player? And you get in a room, and if it works, you just keep going. And, and that's kind of how that band got together. It was really organic. Uh, there was no want ads. Nobody uh, tried uh-huh. out for anything. It's just we kind of fell in each other's laps, and sometimes that's the best way. I was in a band called the Brooklyn Brats back then. I don't know if you ever heard of us, but we were playing all the... The clubs. Did you guys do the Troubadour, the Whiskey, and all those typical clubs? Actually, no, because back in those days, there was kind of a hair metal scene going on. Hair metal. And uh, we weren't part of that scene. We were pretty much on what has now become, I guess, the alternative scene in the 90s, but we were kind of on the fringe of that. We were we were breaking out of the uh, goth punk right. clubs and that scene and kind of fusing mm-hmm. goth and metal at a time when not a lot of bands were doing it. So we were pretty much ostracized from the Sunset Strip and the Troubadour and spots like that because, you know, those those spots really catered to, you know, the bands that would wind up becoming your Poisons or your Guns N' Roses. Right. Uh, We had to kind of put together our own scenes, and I think that's one of the things that helped cultivate that band is that we had to find warehouses and uh, parties and and obscure little divey clubs and you know mm-hmm. downtown underground uh, wow. lobbies of hotels you know anywhere we could play that you know would allow us to play we would play and and we developed kind of our own underground scene as it were and uh, by the time the triple X record came out the first one which was actually recorded live at the Roxy so by then uh, we've gotten some steam you know, we were able to navigate into some of your more well-known venues. Right. But we never got, we never did the whiskey and we never did the troubadour. As I recall, you guys were, your timing kind of coincided with the Seattle bands up north, like Soundgarden and Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Did you consider yourself like in that group of bands? Well, I mean, we consider ourselves in... You guys were very original. You're kind of psychedelic. I was going to answer you. I was going to say that in terms of those guys being our peers and, and bands that, you know, when we went to Seattle, we would play with Soundgarden, you know, like yeah. they fit in with the fact that it wasn't your same old typical heavy metal that was happening at the time. So yeah. in that sense, they were, you know, it was part of our scene, but, you know, they were Seattle, we were LA. Uh-huh. We were, like you said, more psychedelic than they were. Yep. You know, we were a little bit more experimental with uh, some of the tones and the approaches in the studio and, and the way that we composed music. But yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a good group of people to be accompanied with. You know, well, I got a tune here. This is called "Superhero" from Jane's Addiction. This is from the Strays album, and this is a couple excerpts. 
like vibey stuff. I remember finding out about you really when you joined the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and that was a pretty high-profile gig. Um, what was that like? They're great world-class musicians, and I had an absolutely amazing time playing with them, and mm -hmm. I remain friends with all of them today, and I just recently, a couple months ago, played with Flea, incidentally, at the Troubadour, and I played with Chad at the Roxy about a month and a half ago, so wow. uh, they're, you know, they remain friends, peers, mentors in a lot of different ways. I remember I had the album One Hot Minute, and of course the the song Airplane was on that, and uh, by the way, that was an amazing video with the girls in the pool and stuff like that. Who came up with that idea? Uh, that would be Gavin Bowden, the video director. Well, super cool video. Hey, this is, uh, let me play an excerpt from Airplane. This is from One Hot Minute, Red Hot Chili Peppers with Dave Navarro on guitar. I'm overcoming gravity It's easy when you're sad to be me on that song is that Flea is doing these slides and vibratos getting crazy on the bass and you're just holding the rhythm rock solid did you practice your timing when you were young um no I, I actually didn't and uh in some ways to this day that's one of the things that, that I would say that's one of my weaknesses you know I as with most guitar players that aren't aren't uh, meticulous about their timing they tend to rush, you know, certainly in a live situation. I'll, I'll be a little bit ahead of the beat. But that's just, you know, that just kind of comes with the territory, I guess. That's just who I am as a player. You know, obviously on recordings, you have time to, to do it over and over again. So I wouldn't be so impressed with those recordings because, you know, they were done in a studio where I could... I don't know. They're like really rock-solid rhythms, probably because you're paying more attention. I think when you're a good musician, you become aware of your weaknesses and maybe work harder to overcome them. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just deal with them, you know. Yeah. It, 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 you know, there's certain aspects of my playing. Sometimes, like in Jay's Addiction, the fact that I'm a little ahead of the beat, uh -huh. because Stephen Perkins, as a drummer, tends to speed up and slow down depending on the part that you're playing, you know. He feels uh -huh. that when you kick into a chorus, you want it to speed up a little bit, and when you go into a verse, you want to pull it back a little bit. So, yeah. you know, it's just a matter of who you're playing with. Right, and that chemistry is what makes a band great. This concludes segment one from the 15th edition of Boston Radio. Stay tuned for the second segment. We're going to talk more to Dave Navarro, and he's going to tell us about his gear and his pedals and all kinds of cool stuff. So stay tuned to this 15th edition of Boston Radio. Radio. 